0: Welcome to a church that in a few moments you will actually see signs and wonders before your eyes. Hallelujah. It's not a carnival. You didn't have to pay to get in, but you will see miraculous signs and wonders in just a few moments. We don't just come preaching just a word. We don't, we're don't. we not like the Jehovah Witnesses. We're not like the other religious Christians. Though many of them are going to heaven, God bless them. But they're certainly going to heaven too dry for me. Amen. They're going to heaven too powerless for me. we got to live the real deal. Somebody say the real deal. Shabbat. What's been going on in our church is we've just been feeling a sweet presence of God. Amen. And if you didn't feel it, we're going to pray for you in just a moment. You will feel it. But what God is doing right now is He's doing some serious, serious business. (laughs) But it still makes me laugh because I'm full of joy, but it's serious. And what He's doing is He's raising up a church around this globe That is all on the same page. You see, there's not a different gospel, my friends, in Mozambique than there is in America. Well, in some ways, yes, there is because of who's preaching it. But the power of Christ is the same in Mozambique as He is in America. Can you say amen? And what we're seeing today is that we want the signs and the wonders and the miracles from our missionaries. They tell us all the time. They see blind eyes open, deaf ears hear, demons cast out. 5,000 churches have been planted in Mozambique. Five orphanages with over 6,000 children being taken care of. That's why we give to them. But what God is doing is He is depositing like fuego right in this place, that same power. Power. Because what happened was, we, and I'll put myself on this, your Bible college graduate pastor, who Lord willing will get his bachelor's degree, finished this month, can you say amen? amen? Starting seminary then, in August, God willing, hallelujah, your pastor did not even do that. Your pastor did not even see signs and wonders. And about April, we just began to cry out to God, and we just said, God, there's got to be more. There's got to be more than this. Now, don't get me wrong. We love God's presence. Many of you, you come to this church, you know you feel His presence. We worship. You feel His presence. We were good at that. And, man, we preach the gospel. We will preach it on the streets to gays and lesbians at Belmont and Clark. We love them all. Amen. We'll go to the hood at Ohio Park and just adopt a block. Be there with the needy. Amen. Can somebody say amen? Drug dealers coming to Jesus. And, oh, man, we love discipleship. Somebody say discipleship. Your pastor wrote a 10,000 word document, you know, seven steps to spiritual growth and disciples making disciple leadership program over 10,000 words. And, oh, it's put together so nicely. And all of that is many of the reasons why you're here today. We glorify His name. His presence is in the place. We go out evangelizing. We disciple. Amen. But there is so much more to this. I want everyone to look at Mark in their Bible. Nancy, hand me my Bible over. Oh, never mind. It's over here. Thank you. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take you through an entire book of the Bible. Somebody say, help us, Jesus. Come on, some of you didn't read your Bible this week. If you read your Bible this week, say amen. I'm just going to take you through the whole book of Mark right now. I'm going to take you through the whole entire book of Mark. And I want you to tell me if you see what I'm seeing. Now, just to give you a preview of what I saw when I went through the whole entire book of Mark, this is what I saw. I broke it up into two categories. There was the message of Jesus. Now, those of you who don't know what Mark is about, it's about Jesus Christ. Mark, full name, is John Mark. He is the co- cousin of Barnabas in the book of Acts, the one who traveled with Paul. He is the disciple of Peter. Basically, this is Peter's gospel. Mark got all of his information from Peter. He was not one of the original twelve. This gospel was the first one written, and this was the standard for Mark, uh, Matthew and Luke. They're known as the synoptic gospels. How many are impressed with my Bible college knowledge? <laughs> How many just want to see somebody healed and a demon cast out? Say amen. Jesus. And this gospel is called the gospel of action. Somebody say action. Mark doesn't spend any time with the genealogy of Jesus like Matthew and Luke do. He just goes right to, bam, here he is, and this is what he does. Sixteen chapters. All it is is nonstop action of Jesus Christ. Turn over your announcements on the back of our notes. This is called the Gospel of Jesus. This is the subject, the Gospel of Jesus. The text is the book of Mark. Take some notes so you can remember this. All of our sermons are on our website. God bless you for being here. Can you say amen? Now this is what I saw as I went through the whole book of Mark. Here it is. I broke it up into two categories. Just like there's two sections here. There's just two main categories. There is the message of Jesus. And then there is the power of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. There is the message of Jesus. And then the power of Jesus. What I want you to see as we go through it is if I'm right by dividing it up like that. And what I think you'll begin to see is that even though we have two sections, the message and the power, with Jesus, they always went hand in hand. But let me ask you a question. Besides, some of you have been in the church seeing God's power displayed in our last services with demons being cast out and people being healed. Other than that, your past church experience, how much of the power have you actually seen? How much of the power of the gospel have you actually seen? Now, I'm not talking about this goofy stuff on TV. I'm not talking about people selling you holy water and cloths and all these baloney. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your eyes see a miracle. I'm talking about your eyes see evil spirits cast out. Your eyes see the glory of God come with signs and wonders, visions and dreams. How many? Come on. And so what I see we have done is we have separated Jesus' message from His power. We'll say, yes, I believe the message. Oh yes, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to let you see it right now. Trust me. It's not going to take very long, but it will be very informative. What we have done in the church in America and around these here parts, you little southern, around these here parts... As we just talk about him. Oh, this is what he does, this is who he is. We go through the doctrine. Those are good churches. Other churches just compromise and giving you, you know, Oprah Winfrey messages, and they're and they're just full of the devil anyway. Can you say help us, Jesus? But I'm talking about good churches. We're a good church and we have been since we started three years ago. And so, man, just doctrine, and this is who Jesus is, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and this is the word of God, and the old covenant is fulfilled in the new covenant, and just you know, just a letter upon letter then you just go home tickled with your information and maybe if you were at a good church you felt his presence but when was the last time you saw his power when was the last time you actually came to church and you saw his power you're going to today i promise you I promise you. (laughs) In just a few moments, I wish I could fast forward and get there right now just to prove it to you. But that's the wrong heart. I just want you to hear it in the Word right now. Somebody say He's here. He's going to show off too. Amen. i got about two different categories here. Teaching and demonstration. Power and message. Power and message. Not just power. Not just over here being goofy. Not just over here saying we got the power, not doing anything. Not evangelist power that never accomplished anything. No, power with a message. Are you all listening to me? Not just a message. Da dum ba dum Jesus did this and Jesus did that, and you've got to believe this and that. No, message with power. Look at the book of Mark. As I highlight these places in the back, brother, just go ahead and put them up. Now. Look at chapter 1. Now the NIV, which I love, has these sections already outlined. And you can see little titles. That's not inspiration of God. That's just man trying to help you to understand the Word. What you see in the first chapter of Mark is the baptism of Jesus, his temptation. Bam, he's right now going into ministry. What's the first thing he does is he goes out proclaiming the good news. Look at John chapter 1 verse 14. The first thing he does... As he goes out preaching the good news, John 14, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the good news. Bam. There it is. That's his message. From this point on, you are going to see him add to that message. Now that you've repented, you love your neighbor. You don't hate your enemies anymore. Now that you've repented, you actually make time to pray now instead of living life selfishly. Everything else comes from that. That now God wants you to be in his kingdom. You know, if if in Amsterdam it's legal to do drugs and it's it's legal to have prostitutes in Amsterdam. That's a fact. But once you come to America, you cannot buy prostitutes and heroin legally. Are you listening? Jesus said repent for the kingdom of God is near that means all of us we've been running in the kingdom of darkness Repent means to turn and switch directions get in the kingdom of light get in the kingdom of God Amen, and then now live by kingdom rules do the things of the king somebody say the message That's what it's all about from that point on. It's just all about his kingdom Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall receive the the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What's that all teaching you? That's all teaching you kingdom principles. Why? Because you've repented. You've switched kingdoms. Now you're in a new kingdom. Can you say amen? Shabbat. Now go on down to verse 21. (laughs) Is that where he stopped? Is that where he stopped? Did he just say, okay, guys, I got a message? Now, that would be wonderful if he had a message because it's better than Buddha's message. It's better than Krishna's message. It's better than Muhammad's message. It is the greatest message. It is the true message. Amen. And if that's all that it was, then that would be wonderful. But it doesn't stop there. He's got a bone to pick with the devil now. (laughs) He's going to start doing some, some damage now. He's going to start displaying some power. And don't tell me here that you don't want to see God's power. Why do you think we fill up these movies with blockbuster hits like The Incredible Hawk and Iron Man and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings? Everybody here knows that there's got to be something more to life. So we get into these myths and we get into all these, these fairy tales. And they and they tickle us and they say, oh, man," they make us feel better. Listen to me. What if there really was power on this earth? What if you really could step out of the natural into the supernatural? I want to tell you something. Most Christians are subnormal, subnormal. They're not normal Christians. And when subnormal Christians see you become a normal Christian, they're going to call you abnormal. Oh, look at you. You're actually praying for the sick now. You're actually believing to cast out devils now. You're actually thinking that when you pray, God talks back to you now. You're abnormal. No, we're just normal. They're subnormal. They made the Bible, many people made the Bible out to be like a fairy tale. They treat it like a lie. Guess what? I go to Disney World. You know, we'll have kids one day. We'll go to Disney World. We'll go on the Peter Pan ride. We'll tell them, you're going to go flying in the air with Peter Pan. Woo! Guess what? When we leave Disney World, I don't tell my children, tonight you're going to go flying with Peter Pan. How many know that would be crazy? Why do we treat the Bible like that? you think this is Peter Pan here? He just came down, did a couple miracles, ascended to heaven. One day he's going to come back. Be ready. I wouldn't believe a lie even if it was a good lie. I wouldn't believe a lie even if it changed my life. Some people say, well, you know, I don't believe that Christianity stuff. But you know what? If it worked for you, that's fine. Like, you know, if a good lie helps you, it's okay to believe a lie. My friends, this is either true or it is a lie. It is either all true or it's all a lie. Are you listening to me? Jesus Christ did not just come with a message He then came in power Look on down Verse 21 Then He went to Capernaum When the Sabbath came Jesus went to the synagogue Went right to the church And you're going to find out There were demons in the church Not deacons, demons Some of you got that It's okay We love our deacons here though The people were amazed at his teaching. Wow, Jesus, you have a teaching. But now watch. And authority. He had authority not as a man or teacher of the law. Just then in the synagogue, a man who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. (laughs) In the church, while he's teaching, somebody actually had an evil spirit. And just because people have evil spirits doesn't mean they're any less than us. It just means that they've been hurt and afflicted by the by the devil and Jesus wants to set them free. You're going to see that demonstrated in just a few moments in this place today. Jesus loves everybody, even the ones that the devil has afflicted. Bam, it kicks off. He's not only teaching, he has authority. Now go on down to verse 32. Hallelujah. Go to verse 32 and see what's up with Jesus now. He's on a roll now. He he has a teaching. He's casting out devils. Verse 32, that evening after sunset, people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. Now, how did we ever get to the point where we didn't think church needed to see people that were sick, healed, and demon-possessed people set free? When did we ever get to that point? I just want to ask you, when did we give that up? When do we say that we're just going to come to church and do our own thing? Look what Jesus did. He taught with authority, and people began to come to Him who were sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but He would not let them speak because they knew who He was. So now you see at the very first chapter in the book of Mark. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus has a message and He has the power. As you go through the rest of the 15 chapters of the book of Mark, that's all it is. His message and His power. He likes to pray. He goes up and prays. He then heals a man of leprosy. He then heals a paralytic. Come on, Jesus. He then begins to call disciples. He then starts teaching them about praying and fasting. He then teaches them that he fulfilled the law. And then as you go to chapter 3, look at chapter 3, verse 11. All of you who have NIVs, because that's how we roll in this church with the NIV. That's how we roll. Y'all see in the big headings right there is so simple. Now look at chapter 3, verse 11. Whenever the evil spirit saw him, They fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he gave them strict orders not to tell anyone. Jesus went up on a mountainside, called to those, called to him those he wanted, and he appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they may start churches and give seminars. Is that what it says? He called to himself twelve apostles, that they may start Bible colleges, and that they may give a lot of head information about eschatology. Pneumatology, soteriology, and all of those things. Is that what it says? You said it kind of weak. Is that what Jesus came to do, yes or no, saints? I want to know just what you think He came to do. Did He come to play a religious game and play patty cake with the Pharisees and like what most churches are today? Is that what He came to do, yes or no? It says He appointed them and He gave them authority, the same authority that He had, that He may send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. Not to talk to demons, not to ask demons to leave, but to drive them out in Jesus' name. Can somebody give me a towel So I'm so hot up here today. I'm not wearing long sleeve anymore. Now keep on going down to verse 20. So what does he do? He preaches. He has power. He begins to do miracles. He begins to heal people. Then he begins to teach them on different principles. Then in verse 20, he begins to teach them, thank you, about the power of Satan, how you got to kick him out. Then he deals with his mothers and brothers because they don't even believe him. They don't even believe after he's already done this that he is who he says he is. Even his own mother is starting to doubt. And he has to tell them, look, man, I ain't following you. My mother and brother, father and sister are those who do the will of God. Chapter 4, he then teaches you about parables, about sowing seed. It's the gospel. There's four different types of heart. The last heart is the heart you want to be. Take time to read it. He then talks about the lamp on a stand. That's who you are. You're going to get your shine on for Jesus. Somebody say, bling, bling. You're going to shine for Jesus. Glory to God. Then he talks about the growing seed. He talks about all throughout life, there's going to be weeds and there's going to be tares. Tares. He then talks about the mustard seed, that if you just have a little bit of faith, and I've taught, uh, by the way, on all of these subjects, I pretty much have, there's about 30 of them. I've taught on about 25 of them for my whole entire life. few of them I haven't taught, and I probably should, but I, you know, have taught on about 25 to 30, okay? And I've only been really seeing miracles, demons cast out in the last about three weeks. I want to tell you something, guys. You can talk all day to yourself. I'm the lamp. I'm going to shine. Well, what are you going to do to shine? You better get out there, cast out some devils, preach the word of God, see the sick healed. Because other than that, you're coming with half of what Jesus wants. We love you, but it's only half. Praise God. You can wear half of your pants today. We'll love you. But it will look silly. Hallelujah. Well, let's just be honest. You came in here with only half a pant. You would look kind of silly. We would love you, though, right? That's what it looks like right now, the church, half of a pant. We got the message. We got the message. Where's the power? Where's the glory? Oh, Jesus. I love him so much. Look, he calms the storm. Now moving down to chapter 5, he heals a demon-possessed man, and he actually starts talking to the demon. He has a conversation with the demon. What's your name, demon? My name is Legion. Cast them out to a herd of pigs. Thank you, Jesus. You're awesome. Hallelujah. Then he raises a girl from the dead. A woman gets so excited for Jesus, she runs in to touch Him and is instantly healed. You want to talk about the glory being on Jesus. Then in chapter 6, look at verse 4. The only time in the whole entire Bible you'll ever see that miracles were not done by Jesus. This is the only time in the entire Bible when Jesus did not do miracles. I want every skeptical person to listen to me. We love you, we love your deep mind, we love your thinking. But let me tell you something, if you don't get right with God and get in His power, you'll never see a miracle because He will not prove it to you the way you want it to come. He's not here to do it that way. He says a wicked generation wants signs and wonders to prove God to them. It's not how it works. He only gives the power and the glory to those that are already hungry for Him, already searching after His heart, His face. Then He shows His hand. Somebody say amen. But look at this. Jesus did not do miracles here, and you're going to see why. Look at chapter 6, verse 4. Jesus said to them, Only in a hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He cannot do any miracles there. He cannot do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of. He was amazed at their lack of. Why do we not see miracles in other churches? Because of their lack of. Why do we not see miracles in this church because of the lack of our faith? Why do we not see miracles when we do our crusades and preach out on the street because of the lack of? Why was the church I was born and raised in, you were born and raised in, loved Jesus so much and they only maybe saw a few people healed because of the lack of there? Jesus said, I cannot do many miracles here. Jesus works through men, people. He works through men. He looks for hungry hearts, We believe in the sovereignty of God. God is in control, does whatever He wants, but He has given man authority on this earth. And when Jesus Christ walked this earth, you say, why didn't He go to every hospital? Why didn't He go every place? He only went where God brought Him. He only went to the hungry. He only went to the thirsty. He went to those that He knew had faith, that those that had hungry hearts. Are you listening? If you don't see the glory of God, I have to say it's your fault. I'm not saying I'm going to see everybody healed, man. I'm seeing people healed and I'm still wearing glasses, but you know, that's okay. That's a mystery. I still haven't seen the dead race. Few people have. You know, I haven't seen anybody healed of age yet. But I've seen some stomach issues healed, you know. We've seen some problems that were caused by stress in the chest healed. We've seen pain go away in our services. We've seen people that came in here and they couldn't hear right out their ear. They were hurting in their right ear. God began to touch them. We, we've begun to see that. We've seen evil spirits begin to leave. And it's only just the beginning. But I have faith for more. Mas, mas. Hallelujah. Then Jesus sends out the twelve. Now look at verse 6. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Remember? Message, power. Message, power. Here it is. He began preaching. He began teaching. But now watch. He called the twelve and he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over what? Evil spirits. Look on down to verse 12. They went out and preached that people should repent. There's the message. You hear the message? Everybody look up at me. Let me give you the message of Jesus. Repent of your sins. Do not live like a sinner. You make Jesus puke when you sin. He will puke you out of His kingdom. The Bible says you make Him sick. Hallelujah. But He still loves your cute little self right now. And you can have mercy if you run to the mercy seat. Amen? That's the message. Praise God. He loves sinners. But then now, verse 13, they drove out many demons, anointed many sick people with oil, and He healed them. There's the message. Now the power. Glory. Shabbat. Jesus. Jesus. Glory. Glory. Look at John the Baptist. He's then beheaded for his faith. Jesus then miraculously feeds the 5,000. He then walks on water. He then teaches the Pharisees in chapter 7 about the true meaning of being clean and unclean. Then there's a woman who's not a Jew, and Jesus wants to test her faith. She wants to get healed. Her daughter to be healed because her daughter has an evil spirit. Jesus tells her, I don't have bread for dogs. And she says, even dogs get crumbs. She was desperate. I said she was desperate. And she got a miracle. Then Jesus healed a deaf and a mute man. Hallelujah. Jesus, do it here. Chapter 8, he feeds the 4,000. Then he goes on and teaches them not to be like the Pharisees. He's teaching his disciples privately. Then there's a blind man that hears about Jesus coming in uh, chapter uh, 8, verse 22. And he starts to cry out for him. And Jesus stops and spits and puts it in his eye and he comes to see. Amen? Don't get weirded out by the stuff we do in the church. We haven't spit in anybody's eye yet. Amen? That's what he did. So y'all don't like that Jesus. I'm not going to say y'all, but there's some people who don't like that Jesus. They don't like the spit in your eye to get you healed, Jesus. You know why? They want, you know, Bill Gates look like a businessman, Jesus, prosperity gospel. But I got something to say about that. To hell with that gospel. I want the Jesus that does radical, crazy stuff, but does miracles and power in the name of Jesus. Aren't you tired of phony, baloney religion? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wearing a suit. God bless you. You like wearing it? That's fine. I'm just sweating like a hog already. I got a shirt on. I'm trying, people. I even got chocolates. I couldn't even wear them. Just, just let me just try to be like Jesus. Amen? The man didn't come in fancy clothes, but the Bible says he spit and healed somebody. Wiped it on their eye. Glory to God. Peter then has a revelation about who he is. You're the Christ. Good job, Peter. That's who I am. Now let's go and tell everybody. Or don't tell anybody now, but we will soon. Jesus then talks about his death. Chapter 9, Jesus says, Hey, boys, you want to go up to a mountain and I'll show you who I am for all of eternity? See, they thought maybe just Dito Jesus was born in a little manger and he was just a little cute Jesus. But Jesus said, hey guys, I used to exist before I ever came down here. I'm the Son of God equal to the Father. And now go up to this mountain. And the Bible says He transformed in front of their very eyes into the glorious Son of God. Amen. And the Bible says Elijah and Moses came there. And then the glory cloud came down and the Father spoke. Either that's Peter Pan or that was one of the greatest visitations on the planet earth. Wouldn't you like to be there? Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter's like, Jesus, let's spend the night here. I want to live here. I never want to leave. Woo! Get me in that, Jesus. Woo! Jesus. Just come like that, Lord. Woo! Jesus. Now look at this. He heals a boy of an evil spirit. Now here's the problem right here. Because while he's up on the mountain being glorified, they're seeing all of this. He comes back down. There is a boy with a spirit. And the disciples, the other ten that were left down, the rather the other nine, because Peter, James, and John were up there with him. And he comes down, and these, these other nine are trying to cast out a devil. And they can't do it. They had done it before, but they can't do it now. Now look at what he tells them. We'll just look at that verse uh, 18, so you can see a chapter. Chapter 9, verse 18. He says, what y'all arguing about? Now, verse 18, the man says, Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Does he just say to them, Oh, well, boys, you're not always going to be able to drive out demons. Well, boys, it's not always going to be that way. Some demons get to stay in people's lives. Is that what he said? Look at verse 19. Oh, unbelieving generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I put up with you? How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here. Now, how many know that's parent talk right here? You see your child playing in the mud. You pull him up. Now, son, how long am I going to to put up with you doing that? He looks at his disciple and he says, come on, fellas. Haven't you got the point yet? You guys can really do this. Why do I always got to come down here and do it myself? Bring the boy here. Some of you don't think you have authority to drive out demons. Jesus is trying to get you on that same page. He said in John, the works that I've done, you shall do. And we're going to get to the end, by the way. And it gets really good, Mark 16, by the way. But right here, he's looking at him. Come on, boys, you can do this. Then he says in verse 23, everything is possible for him who believes. He then rebukes the devil. The young man begins to buck and jerk, falls on the floor like a dead person. They lift him up and he's healed, set free from the power of the devil. Then in verse 29, they said, how can this, how can you do it? He said, by prayer and fasting. He then begins to teach them about who's the greatest, that we're going to be servants in this kingdom. Now look at verse 38 of that same chapter. The other people who were watching Jesus got so excited, they went out and started driving out demons themselves. Some of you are like, well, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I'm going to see sick people. I don't know if I'm going to see demons drove out. Here you have people that were already driving out demons, and they weren't even always with the 12. Look at They said, teacher, we saw a man driving out demons in your name. Come on. And we told him to stop because he was not one of us. How many know Peter or John didn't have his thinking cap on that day? How many know that right there? Hello. He wasn't thinking right. He was like, let's stop them from cashing out demons. When, it, when we keep seeing this happen, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the religious people to say, you need to stop cashing out demons. That's too much. I, just, I can just wait to hear that. I, can, I, can, I know people are going to say that. Do not stop him, Jesus said. No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. Then he starts talking about people having sin issues. Cut off your hand, cut off your foot, do whatever you got to do to live holy. Somebody say amen. Then he gives the prescription for a good marriage. Don't get divorced. He then starts talking about children and how children can receive the kingdom of God. Then a rich man comes to him, wants to get in the kingdom, but he says, Hey, to get in my kingdom, you got to become poe. You can't come in here rich, daddy warbucks. bucks. you got to come in here poe. But then when you come to Jesus, you won't be poe no more. Amen? He will bless you. But he says, you better lay it down. You better not love that money. The rich man walked away. Jesus didn't go after him, by the way. Amen? He didn't care. He loved his soul, but he's not worrying about people getting offended. That's okay. Then Jesus predicts his death. We're in 1032. Then James and John, they're so radical and bold. They say, hey, Jesus, can we sit with you on your right and left hand when we get to glory? And Jesus is like, y'all crazy. But you're going to have to suffer, and, and you will, and he talks to them about that. Then blind Bartimaeus comes up and he has an awesome testimony because he screams out and he just gets uh, rebuked. People, he starts screaming out, Jesus, heal me. And people are like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And he screamed even more and finally Jesus said, I can hear him, bring him here, what do you want? He said, I want to see, be healed. And he was healed, amen. There's a miracle. Chapter 11, he comes into Jerusalem, people are worshipping him that just shows you the deity of Christ. You don't worship an angel. He's not the archangel Michael. Tell Jehovah witnesses they need to worship Jehovah, the Son as well. Amen. Father God, he said in one name, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit's one name. Now look here, he clears the temple. He rebukes the religious people for not making the house of God a house of prayer, but instead a den of thieves. They're selling their books for nine ninety nine. dollars They have their little restaurants. They have their little money exchange business going on, their currency exchange. And Jesus rebukes them. What do you think Jesus would say to most churches today? Are they a house of prayer? What happens when we pray? Sick people get healed. What happens when we pray? Demons get cast out. What happens when we pray? Signs and wonders happen. That's what He wants His house to be like. Somebody say amen. And it's for all of the nations. Even the Boricua nation. Hallelujah. Next week, Gloria Dios Fuego in Humble Park. Glory everywhere in Jesus' name. Wait till we bind up devils there, what happens? Get ready. We probably don't even have enough catchers and holders to get them down, because I'm telling you, it's going to get off the chain when we get out there, guys. I just sense it in my heart, revival's coming to that park, amen? Fuego. Then he curses a fig tree, because he wants to use it as an example of how Israel's coming under the curse, because they don't bear fruit. And he teaches them that they have faith in God, they can move mountains. That's where that scripture's found. Then the Jewish religious leaders start questioning him about his authority. And he asks them a question that they can't answer. And he says, well, if you can't answer mine, I won't answer yours. He then starts getting them ready for judgment. In chapter 12, he starts giving them parables about what it's going to be like when he comes back and how he'll judge the Jewish nation. People then try to ask him, should they pay taxes? He says, yes, obey the laws of the land. We're looking at twelve eighteen. Then Jesus talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb that he'll have after Judgment Day. He talks about the resurrection. Do you know that when your soul dies, you'll either go to heaven or hell based upon your relationship with God. But after Judgment Day, everybody will be resurrected. Those that live for God are resurrected body for eternal life on the new earth. And those for uh, who live for the devil are resurrected body for damnation in the lake of fire. That's what it's about right there. Read it. It's really nice. Uh, The greatest commandment. Amen. Praise God. He then talks about what our vision is. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Somebody say loving God, loving people. Jesus begins then to talk about who he is. And then he watches people give offering. And he starts talking about, you know, you're going to be great if you just give what you have and you give it to God. Then in chapter 13, he starts giving you all the signs of the end time. We got videos on that. He goes to say, you're not going to know the hour of the day. It's going to come like a thief in the night, so be ready. Then in chapter 14, a woman comes to him, bows down. She washes his feet with her perfume and her tears and her hair. Then he has the last supper. How many just enjoyed the Gospels? Can you say amen? He had a message and he had power. Did you not just see that in his life? We just went through the whole book of Mark. We just went through the whole book of Mark. There it is in a nutshell. What does it start off with? Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Okay. So from this point on, you repent. You get with God. These are the things you do. You saw all the messages. There they are. Now do them. Read about them. We got about 100 plus sermons on our video player. Sermon player, listen to them. Do what you got to do. Buy books. But guess what the other part is? Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Let's see some blind eyes open. Let's see evil spirits cast out in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Now the Last Supper, he's going to be with his boys because he loves discipleship. That's how he's going to build his church. His plan is to eventually leave and send the Holy Spirit and for men to preach the gospel and do what he did. We're getting to that. Then Judas betrays him. He goes up to Gethsemane. He prays. He's then arrested by the Jewish leaders. He's brought before the Jewish leaders. Peter then denies him. He's then brought before Pilate. And Pilate starts to threaten him, but he says, No, I came for this. Isaiah uh, 53 is being fulfilled in the life of Jesus. Surely he bore our sorrows. Surely he bore our griefs. We considered him stricken by God. But he took our sorrows. He took our pains. He was going to the cross to fulfill the prophecy of the Lamb of God so that once and for all men's sins could be forgiven, that there could be an open heaven between us and the Father. He is the one meteor between God and man. Can you say Jesus Christ? He came for that. The crucifixion. You've seen Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion. It's just a demonstration of what it could have looked like. Even probably more gruesome than that. He then says his last words, Eli, Eli, lama Sabakani. That's Aramaic. For my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He then gives up his spirit and soul he, did, he goes up to the Father, presents Himself. His body then gets put into a grave. He then presents the blood offering to the Father in the holy place. He then defeats the devil for the sake of man to give them authority. And then on the third day, He raises up. Somebody say, the resurrection! You are now to the last chapter. <laughs> I love Jesus. Isn't He awesome? Isn't Jesus great? That He loves us? That right now we're going to read what he told the disciples, and if you love Jesus and you've repented, you followed the message. This is for you and me right now. This means right now our natural gets with his super power, and now it becomes supernatural. Right now we can start to believe for things to happen. No, no nobody would believe. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. Oh Jesus. Let these words come alive as you read them again. Verse 14, later Jesus, after appearing to the leaven as he was eating, he rebuked them for their lack of faith. Boys, why do not you believe? And their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. They didn't even believe that, you know, here the women are coming to the disciples saying, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. And they're like, I won't believe until I see it. Jesus rebukes them for being stubborn. Don't get rebuked by Jesus today for being stubborn. Amen. Just believe in him. He said to them, go into all the world. Shaba. <laughs> here it is, Arson. Did you have a good time preaching Friday night? Amen. Did you all have a good time preaching Saturday? How many are just preachers of the gospel? You just preach everywhere. Well, here it is. There's a message and there's power. Look at what he says, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, hermanos and hermanas, saints of God, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. It's your turn now. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And that's the end of the story, period. Go about your way. Start cathedrals and start baptizing everybody. And if they don't come, make your church like a movie theater. Have 15-minute sermonettes. Have just plain old worship like rock and roll music. Serve some food at the end in your cafe. And then have little home groups where you talk about your hobbies. Little motorcycle groups little baseball group, and we'll call that church because we believe. Is that what he said? Without hands raised, how many of you went to churches like that? You know, hey guys, thanks for coming. I'm kind of giving you my impression because I'm either a wimpy in spirit. They may smile, you know. But hey guys, thanks for coming. Love your neighbor. Don't do anything bad to anybody else. Be nice. You know, Every now and then give the goodwill. Read your Bible this week. You know. And I'll see you guys next week, okay? Thanks for coming. Come on. Is that what church was like? Or maybe yours was more like, honey. And then he feeds you communion. Now partake. Ah, I feel him. I am eating of Jesus now. Oh, he's so good too. Don't you know that the Catholic Church believes in the transubstantiation of the wine and the wafer that you're actually partaking? The flesh, Where did that ever get into our church? Then you bow down to some man of uh, the patron saint of lost keys. Oh, uh, St. Lassero, I lost my keys this week. Please help me light the little candle. Ouch, ouch, ouch. You could say, oh my, oh me, but it's better if you just say, amen, because it's right and it's tight, amen? I just I just want to put it out there. I already know the devil doesn't like me. It's okay if people get offended. They didn't like Jesus either. I didn't come to say I'm perfect myself. I just came to say it didn't end right there it didn't end with patron saints and stains on the wall which you put wreaths around and light candles it didn't just end with our conferences and our worship leaders it didn't just end with our church services he said and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name they will drive out demons they will speak in new tongues they will pick up snakes and they will not. Get, they will drink poison it shall not hurt them and they will place their hands on the sick and they will be well after the Lord Jesus Jesus had spoken to them. He was taken up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. That's where He is now. And look what they did. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Glory! They went out and preached in Mozambique, in Africa, in Ethiopia. And we're still preaching today. We're preaching in Indonesia all across the 1040 window. And while we are preaching, the Lord is working with us, confirming His Word with the signs that accompany it. 80% of the Christians in America today never have seen a miracle. Most have never seen. But listen, 80% of the people around the world, the reason why they are Christians is because they have seen miracles. You're not listening to me. I'm going to say it again. Most American Christians have never seen a miracle, never seen a demon driven out, never seen the power of God. Thank God they still believe the message. I thank God for them. I'm not saying if you don't see miracles, you're not saved. I do thank God for them. But listen, out of the 30 million evangelical Christians in America, only about one out of ten have actually seen a miracle. But overseas in Mozambique where our missionary is. Go to runwiththeglory.com. Go to Iris Ministries. Go to Reinhard Bonnke. Go to Cesar Castellanos. You'll see these. Uh, you know, George Todo in Puerto Rico, I mean, George Taddeau Puerto Rico, in Portugal. And you will see, eight out of ten of them are seeing miracles. They're seeing the glory of God. You know why? Because we became so naturalistic in our society. Oh, we don't believe in miracles. We're above that. We don't believe in demons. We don't believe in devils. You know, we don't believe in that. You go to Africa, you already have a person bucking and jerking on the floor, and that's the witch doctor right there, but he's of another spirit. Now, you want to preach the gospel in that village, you got a problem now. Because everybody goes to them for their cures, to to, to get their spirits taken care of. Our missionaries come in, and by the grace of God, they preach the gospel, and they confront those powers, and they have spiritual showdowns. I'm talking like... I'm talking, man, like the old Wild West. And they have spiritual showdowns. Witch doctors get saved. They see angelic visions. The spirits get cast out of them. People get healed, raised from the dead. Are you ready? Would you stand up with me now? If you love the Lord, tell Him. come on, we love you, Jesus. Shabbat. Oh, we love you, Lord. Jesus told his disciples, don't rejoice because demons submit to your name. Rejoice because your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. All those who love Jesus, would you just raise up your hands and just thank Him now for His blood, for His sacrifice. Oh, we love You, Lord. And we worship You because You're glorious. You are magnificent. You are awesome, God. As we just start worshiping God, if you came here today and you're not right with God, You've heard the message. You need to repent. Just come to these altars right now, quickly. If you need to repent before God, just come right now. Kneel at these altars. God will meet you in this place. The rest of us, just keep worshiping Him.